all this beautiful food. Hello and welcome to Factory Seconds, the podcast where one longtime Cheesecake Factory patron and one Cheesecake Factory virgin eat every single item on the Cheesecake Factory menu. I'm the virgin, Ben Harrison. <laughs> I feel like your entire life was building up to a point where you could declare that on a podcast. <laughs> I'm Adam Pranica. Ben, I feel like you have painted me with maybe an inaccurate brush. Oh, have you not been to Cheesecake Factory before? Let's. This may be a good first segment for yeah. a show like this, this for a pilot episode. This is the first ever episode of Factory Second, so let's 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 bust in by talking about our histories with this uh, beloved family restaurant. I want to bust in on the bust in and just say very briefly, like this weird project. <laughs> is only made possible by the support of our viewers. Like we, yeah. we threw away a description for a weird podcast concept <laughs> months ago. And there seemed to be enough of an interest in the idea that we thought, why not just try it? Yeah, people that like The Greatest Generation sent us messages on, you know, various social media platforms and said, you should do that. And yeah. so we're doing it. And here it <laughs> sits. It brings a sense of order and stability to my universe to know that you're still a pompous ass. Now let's bust back out right. and talk about, because today, merely an hour ago, was the first time I ever sat down in a cheesecake factory and ate something. Yeah. It went as fast as you would imagine it did. <laughs> For my entire life, I always kind of looked at the Cheesecake Factory a little bit askance. Uh -huh. Saw it as like the fixture in the shopping mall that it's always been. Right. And I never went there. I didn't go there really. And I always kind of like... It, it pains me to say it. I looked down on it. You were, you were, I thought I was better than it. You were being a bit of a snob about the, the Cheesecake Factory. And then- People always accuse me of being a snob. I know. You're the man of the people of our comedy duo. My script got totally flipped when uh, I met up for a meal with my Uncle Pete, uh -huh. uh, which is a guy that you know. And, Good friend of the show. And I think- A like, great friend to the show, Factory Seconds. Yeah. Pete is uh, an NBA basketball play-by-play -play announcer. Yeah. And he is an announcer for the Memphis Grizzlies, and his job is one that takes him around the country with professional athletes. Yeah. And I only say that backstory to bust back in to me and Pete making plans to eat on one of the trips that he made to either Portland or Seattle when Seattle had, a, had an NBA basketball team. And he was like, hey, meet me at the Cheesecake Factory, like... <laughs> I'm there all the time. And I was like, what? He's <laughs> like, yeah, it's super good. Come meet me. And I met him and it was super good. And I got the backstory about Cheesecake Factory from Pete. And yeah. this is interesting trivia about Cheesecake Factory and about professional sports teams in general, which goes something like when you are a traveling athlete and you are going city to city, yeah. what you need is a dependable, predictable meal with an insane amount of variety, like an amount of variety that can make everyone happy. Right, right. And when you're getting on that chartered jet going from Sacramento to Portland, you need something that hits that's going to be fine at least. Yeah. And great, possibly. 
And so they load up the charter jet, they they fly that leg to the next city, and they're eating takeout food from a place like the Cheesecake Factory. Wow. And it is a dependable form of sustenance for professional athletes right. for whom their bodies are a physical temple. They're not doing the thing that you and I do when we go on tour, which is go into a restaurant and order like oysters and fried chicken yeah. and nachos and yeah. just throw caution to the wind the and, day before. And what Pete told me is like, this is not a restaurant confined to a Memphis Grizzlies team. Yeah. This is an NBA wide thing and professional sports league thing in general. Wow. I have to say one the first thing that surprised me about sitting down and cracking into the menu. This was a we're still in pandemic time so this was a, probably not the experience that is customary because I I think one thing people really like about the cheesecake factory is the actual like physical size of the menu. Yeah. I've still never actually interacted with that because it was a QR code menu mm-hmm. at this location. But paging through it I was marveling at how many tabs there were along the top of the screen on my phone. Yeah. And also how many entries under each tab and how like international. I mean, I don't think that any of this food could ever be accused of being like a super authentic representation of mm-hmm. samosas or mm-hmm. Thai food or any of the th- things that they hit. But I didn't really expect there to be that many international influences on the menu. I kind of thought it was going to be like plussed up Denny's right. or, or adjacent. Yeah. I'm always really interested in going to restaurants that have specialties. Uh-huh. And that often correlates into a pamphlet as a menu. Right. Like the small place around the corner is the kind of restaurant I like the most. And with the Cheesecake Factory, you would assume an inverse correlation between size of menu right. and quality of food. And I think one of the things our show is here to do is to interrogate whether or not that's true. <laughs> I was I was, uh, I was wondering what our show was here to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just because from like a logistical standpoint, it seems like they must have so many different types of ingredients that they have to keep yeah. and keep fresh. Right. And know how they're doing in the walk-in and stuff. Like the challenge is real. And if they are able to have locations all over the country such that an NBA team can feel safe and secure in selecting that as their meal option Mm -hmm. week in, week out, that's a pretty impressive feat before you even start to talk about whether the food is good or not. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this was my first time ripping the Band-Aid off on the Cheesecake Factory. And uh, what better place to do it than the Americana at Brand. Adam, why don't we get into a segment called Getting to the Factory. Well, Ben, we both made plans to meet up at noon. We and did. Uh, we were on the phone with each other. In separate parts of town, yeah. Up until I want to say eleven fifteen, <laughs> and it was very clear that I needed to leave immediately. Yeah, which I more or less did. Uh, I uh, I ended up taking almost an hour, not in getting there, but it was the parking that it was a situation. Yeah, I but- took the four hundred five. Uh huh. Up to the 101, and then I took a right heading east, where the 101 runs into uh, the 134. Right. And then that dumps me off in Glendale, go down uh, Brand Avenue. I think Brand is 
technically a boulevard. I mean, it would be because as soon as you turn onto it, it becomes quite fancy. And uh, I did a thing that I had thought was the right thing. It's I look at the clock. It's 12.05. Yeah. I'm feeling a little stressed about when I'm going to meet my friend who is already seated. Yeah. I've been told. And as the Americana brand memes Twitter account has said time and time again, you park at the Glendale Galleria and you walk to the brand. Yeah. I did that, except <laughs> there was no parking at the Glendale Galleria. And I was just spin cycling around <laughs> the floors of the parking garage until I found a spot. It was awful. I was in the parking garage for 15 minutes oh, man. before I found a place to park yeah. and then walked down a hiss-smelling stairwell for five flights down to ground level where I was just a block away from the Cheesecake Factory where I met you. This has got to be a bit that the Americana ad brand Twitter account is doing, right? Not the Americana ad brand of visual Twitter account, the Americana ad brand memes account. Right. I think I was gotten. I think they got me. Because I've- They I've, win. I've always felt like the parking situation at the Americana ad brand is pretty, is pretty decent. One complaint I have is that I have an electric car and I've- very rarely gotten there and had there be an electric parking station open. Yeah. Although this time there was, and I was pulling into it, and then I was like, my car is like 89% charged. I, I, I'm such an asshole if I occupy one of these spots so that my car can charge for five minutes and then just sit there using space you? for an hour. So I, consider pulled, it. I backed out and then parked much further away because <laughs> that was the next space I found. But uh, just to go over getting there, I went up Figueroa Street, which it is called in Highland Park. Mm-hmm. It's uh, not Figueroa Boulevard here, which I only learned recently. Uh, up to not one... fancy enough to be a boulevard, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a uh, it's just a four laner up here in Highland Park. <laughs> so I went up to the 134 and took 134 west. So we we were both on the 134, but coming from opposite directions. Yeah. And I also got off at Brand and took it down, and I went around to Central Boulevard, which is where the non valet parking entrance is for the Americana, and I parked in the self-same parking lot as the mall I was going to. One delightful thing about Glendale is that uh, there is the Glendale Galleria, a huge shopping mall, like on the scale of having several department stores and an Apple store, Uh and the Americana at Brand, a huge shopping mall with several department stores and an Apple store, and they are literally across the street from each other. It's great. It's so convenient. (laughs) It's, It's so weird. I... I bought a phone at one point at the Apple store at the Americana and there was something that wasn't, I was like having trouble getting it on the network and they literally had me go across the street to the other Apple store to talk to somebody that they thought could help with it. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was very weird. It's like the, uh, it's like in the, what's that movie? What's the, the Christopher Guest dog movie? Best in Show, yeah. where the two characters met at Starbucks, but they were at different Starbucks across the street from each other. And I, I walked across the street, and there you were, and oh my god, working gosh. on my Mac. And I had my Mac. Mac. Oh, and there you. And then I look over, and she's reading J. Crew. <laughs> That's exactly it. Wow. I wonder if you go to work there, if if you could work at both. Oh, or if yeah. you have to be employed at one. I wonder if they have like the same management team, like if there is, if it's kind of like regionalized in that way. 
I wonder if you're a genius at one and a non-genius at the other. Oh, if yeah. that's you're a fucking idiot at the at the gallery. That's gonna feel store. bad. Yeah, <laughs> Angie, you're a fucking idiot. I say that with love. <laughs> you're not a genius here. This is the Galleria. Yeah. So I got there a little early. I I wandered over to the coffee bean and tea leaf. Got myself a large iced coffee, which I'm a big fan of, and I don't live anywhere near a coffee bean and tea leaf, so. It's something that I, I like to treat myself to when one is convenient, which is not all the time. And then I wandered into the Apple store to see if they had the new computers in and they did not. So I uh, went over to Cheesecake Factory. I introduced myself as Adam Pranica. I was seated very quickly. The sausage king of Chicago. It's because you dropped the name, huh? They knew that we wanted an outdoor seating uh, situation, so. I made a, uh, a reservation. Yeah. Using Yelp. They, it took them a second because they didn't have an available outdoor seat. Like it, I, I had to sit there for three minutes, but they, they got it ready really quickly. And uh, the staff was all really great. Yeah. Uh, do we want to get into the meal? Chinese cashew casserole. French bread pizzas. Cotton candy. Brown rice citrus salad sandwich. Chicken or beef fajita combo plate. Yeah, I think we've done enough setting the scene. I think it feels like to a to a listener that they might be there with us. That's really that's another stated goal of this show. Right. Make it feel like you're with us at the cheesecake factory. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. Well, the first thing that happens when you're seated is you get that the basket of bread, right? Oh, don't worry. I won't fill up on the bread. I'll still have plenty of room for the main course. Right. The basket of bread comes out unprompted, and this was one of the few things I knew about Cheesecake Factory. I mean, maybe I should back up because, like, I I do feel like I'm a little bit snobby about this type of restaurant generally, which uh-huh. is, like, large chains that are upscale. Like, I have always been of a mind that if I'm going to spend $20 on an entree, I don't really want to do it at a chain restaurant if I can avoid it. Sometimes on tour, like, that's not an option, and it's nice that there are places that have good food that is it's never a curveball but i don't want to like come across as like an elitist asshole that's not really where this came from you have 500 episodes of greatest gen to undo (laughs) if (laughs) if that's what you're attempting here (laughs) well this is a different podcast yeah so i like to think i'm starting with a clean slate there is zero crossover between a greatest gen viewer and a factory seconds listener (laughs) Ben. just what the station needs Another Klingon. Come on. My dad worked for the county of San Francisco. My mom was a school teacher when I was growing up. We didn't have like a ton of restaurant money. I feel like we went to restaurants maybe like six times a year when Mm -hmm. I was a kid. And I loved going to restaurants. But Mm -hmm. this was not the kind of restaurant we went to just because if it was a special occasion, we went to a special restaurant typically. And I think also my mom is a very talented cook and and she has really strong feelings about the kind of like corporate food thing. So I think that that had a big influence on my, you know, like I've never been to like a P.F. Chang's. I've never been to like. like You still haven't. Yeah. Like any of oh. that like restaurant that is reliably in a mall where there's always a line. Like I, is it Manginello's or Maggiano's. Maggiano's. I, yeah. I've, I've been to once for like a for like a birthday party. Yeah. But like that whole class of chain restaurant that is 
toward the higher end of the chain restaurant price spectrum is kind of an unexplored space to me. So this was literally a $15 plate of food at least and a 40 minute wait to get a table right. in a mall yeah. type of restaurant. Yeah. 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 It just wasn't like part of my childhood. Yeah. So that's where I'm coming from here. But I was delighted that we didn't have to get the buzzer and wait around for a long time to get seated. Uh, making a reservation was a super smart move by you. I the outdoor area was packed and I walked in through the inside and it was dead. Yeah, it was total I don't know if they were seating people inside. Or I saw people in there oh, okay. sitting down and eating, so I think I think that was happening. When I walked in, nobody had been seated in there. So. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we got uh seated. You were maybe 10 minutes 10 minutes after me to get seated, but uh, the bread was waiting for you when you arrived. And the brown bread is like the other thing I've heard about from Cheesecake Factory. Everybody talks about the brown bread. I think I've been to Cheesecake Factory twice in my life. That's it? Yeah. Like I, I, and both times have been with Pete. <laughs> I thought that you would like, you'd been there like dozens of times. No, not at all. Yeah. I'm glad we're having this out here live on the show. Do you have like faves from those two times? Did we get to any of those? No, I can't even remember what I got. <laughs> but you remember many, the brown bread. This is like 10 or 15 years ago or something. Wow. That was a long time ago. But brown bread is legitimately famous, right? You style yourself as the virgin of this show show and i'm and i'm the guy who did it once or twice a long time ago and don't really remember where things are <laughs> you've, and, and you, let himself go you've had an otphj at best <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i saw the brown bread and i was excited to dig into it and i don't know whether or not it was because i was a full 25 minutes late. You're too you're too kind in your description of how late i was it seemed like it had been sitting out a while and uh, it was not great. It was just fine. Wow. Like any piece of bread that you can drag through some butter smeared on a plate, I feel like is always going to have a pretty high floor. Yeah. And in that way, it was it was good. But it isn't like you got to have the brown bread at the Cheesecake Factory as a, as a legitimate reason to go. It was piping hot when they brought it out. You had a different experience. I had a me. very different experience. Yeah. And, and I had another piece after... You had been seated that I also enjoyed, but like, I think it may have been informed by that first piece that I had where it was like, like I literally like tore a piece off, ripped it open to apply butter, steam came out. I, I buttered it up and ate it. And I was like, the brown bread delivers. This is famous for a reason. Wow. That second piece I had 45 minutes later when you finally got to the fucking restaurant. And <laughs> And I was like, yeah, this is super good. I agree with my earlier assessment. Wow. And I wonder if it that psychology, like that the hotness of it when it got delivered, like made me think of that second piece in the same way that I thought of the first piece. Maybe so. It seemed like a shape of bread that could be turned into a submarine style deli sandwich. <laughs> and I wonder if they're repurposing... Like oh, if they yeah. use the bread for both things. Yeah. We'll have to explore that in future episodes of Factory Seconds when we go back because we're going to order every single thing on the menu, right? Oh, yeah. Did we mention that was another stated yeah. uh, goal for the show? I said in my little preamble. That yeah. So we're going to get everything. And then when we get those things, we can never have them again. Can I tell you one of my fears around that is that this menu is so big. It just seems to me that there must be kind of constant churn yeah and and they must be introducing like seasonal items all the time i saw an ad for uh 
pumpkin pecan cheesecake on wow. the way in. Yeah. I can't imagine that they're selling that past January, right? Yeah. So this project may last our entire lives. I think we're good at choosing projects with an inexhaustible supply of source material. It's our main thing. <laughs> Maybe the only part of podcasting we're actually good at. We really have a lot of confidence about how long we're going to live. I've been alive for four and a half centuries. And I cannot die. Well, everybody's got their problems. I don't know where we get that. <laughs> Ever since we launched this, that, that number has gotten smaller. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, very true. <laughs> Um, so the brown bread came out. That was really great. I actually, I mean, this was lunchtime, but I felt like in the spirit of the podcast, I should order a cocktail mm -hmm. off the cocktail menu. Mm -hmm. So I got the Tiki Punch. Let me pull up the uh, menu so I can say what's in it. This didn't surprise me at all. The idea of going to any restaurant whatsoever that may have one Tiki drink on the menu like, you're going to get that. Ben is going to order that tiki bread. Yeah. Another Coco No-No? <laughs> no, thanks. I think I've had enough already. So this is uh, the Tropical Tiki Punch has Sailor Jerry spiced rum infused with pineapple, citrus, and fresh ginger, and it comes in at 320 calories. Yeah. This was a good drink. I didn't notice that it was that they infused the rum with the pineapple. That's a bit um, more of a custom cocktail than I would typically expect of a restaurant like this, I guess. Like, I guess the bartenders must be cutting up pineapple and macerating it in rum to, to make this drink. Um, I will say it was a little sweeter than I typically like my cocktail. I think the balance was a little bit off and I did not get a lot of ginger in, uh, in the drink. I just don't feel that way about you. Total bullshit, man. It's just bullshit. Interesting. But it was tasty. It was just not... Did um, it taste balanced in a booze to, to yeah. everything else ratio? Because I feel like you run into this in a lot of places that don't specialize in cocktails, mm -hmm. that just have cocktails on the menu. Right. And we don't have enough of a sample size at Cheesecake Factory to know really maybe which of those categories it is. Right. My assumption would be that that this is a place that does a fine cocktail and just has them on the menu. Yeah, they have a really long cocktail menu. They have a series of specialty drinks. They have chilled and served up drinks, which are like martini and daiquiri style things. And then they have a margarita and mojito subsection also. Mm. So there's basically three cocktail menus you can blank now. for the price of one. And yeah, I would say that this was a little under boozed and a little over sweetened from a balance standpoint. From a cost standpoint, do you feel like there was value there? How much was it? Uh, they don't say the price on this. Do you have the receipt? Shit, did I say that? I don't think I brought it with me. Let's leave price out of this. Anyway. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, but it was nice, you know, a nice way to wet my whistle. Mm -hmm. And it probably wouldn't be the first thing I ordered again if mm. I went back. But, you know. Well, it's a good thing you'll never be able to order it again. Yeah, it's been taken off of my, uh, my potential order list forever. Yeah. Unless we just go for fun and don't try to turn it into content. How about that as an outcome to this show is we just end up being enthusiasts of the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> uh, that would be like you watching an episode of Star Trek just for fun. I do that all the time. I know. <laughs> That's why I said it. Yeah. If I was going to tweak this 
drink, I might up the booze by 25% and up the acid by 25%. Yeah. I, I think the other thing was that it wasn't as tart as I like to make them. Yeah. But it was it was good. It was a really good looking drink. It was uh, it was fun when it came out. It had like an orange wedge and a cherry and a I don't know, something green in in the top of it. Mm-hmm. it. Um it looked good, you know. It's fun to see a fun looking drink like that come out to your table. It's like the cocktail equivalent of fajitas. You got that big citrus segment sticking yeah. out of the glass. Right. You have the uh what was the what was the thing on the lip of the glass? It was it had been dipped, right? Oh no, it was just a little foamy because of the oh, okay. like pineapple makes a shaken cocktail much foamier than a, a cocktail without pineapple. That's like the second the second thing to know about pineapple in a cocktail is that it makes it a little foamy. The first thing is that it makes your cum taste good. It makes it taste amazing. By reputation. It works. <laughs> ben, I kept waiting for you to offer me a sip of your cocktail. That time never came. And so I ended up ordering myself an iced tea. I feel terrible about this. The uh, The Cheesecake Factory promises a freshly brewed black, green, or tropical iced tea. I just went with the uh, standard black iced tea. Yeah. The iced tea for lunch, a standard order of mine, goes back uh, in time, in time, uh, immemorium. <laughs> this is something you kind of put me on to because I, I was never a order. I quit drinking soda in high school and mm-hmm. basically never looked back. I will very occasionally get a Coke mm-hmm. or something, but it's not really a part of my life. Mm-hmm. So when you kick soda off the menu in high school that basically means water is what's left right and i never i never got iced tea until i started going on tour with you and now i do it pretty frequently hey that's great yeah you actually learned something from me i love it it's good it is good it uh it gives you a little bit of flavor and not too much like an iced tea is never going to overshadow the meal you're eating right that's true uh which i like I have found that it's risky because often if you order an iced tea and aren't very careful to specify not sweetened, what what you will get will almost be syrup. Yeah, (laughs) right. And there are different kinds of iced teas. Unsurprisingly, if you go to a place that just does fountain iced tea, it's going to be like that. Right. But when you see something like freshly brewed on the menu, you know you're not going to get something out of a gun. Yeah. Our server offered you a sweetener several times mm-hmm. in the course of your she order. She was practically forcing it onto me <laughs> in a way that I grew uncomfortable with. <laughs> uh, one thing happened during the drinking of this iced tea that has been routinely happening to me lately mm-hmm. is that the ice clumps together and when I bring the glass to my mouth, yeah. it wants to dump out into my face and then spill my beverage outside of the boundary of my lips to glass. Uh-huh. And then it goes all over the front of my shirt and pants. And I just barely saved my shirt and pants in the process of this. I tried to play it cool. I saw this. I didn't I didn't comment on it because you were uh, you were doing a great job of preserving the dignity of the moment. This happens all the time. Am I drinking my drink too slow? Am I do I need to to agitate my iced beverage long oh. enough to where the ice is never sticking to itself because that's how it happens. The ice sticks yeah. and then it unsticks when you when you bring the glass to your mouth. The dam breaks. And the, all of a sudden you have a wet shirt and pants. That's uh something I've contended with my entire life 
Is I mean, it's I think- the worst thing about drinking an iced beverage. <laughs> You heard it here first <laughs> on Factory Seconds. The worst thing about drinking an ice beverage is the dam breaking. <laughs> uh, did you get a straw with your iced tea? Or did you're fucking victim blaming you, aren't you? I did get a straw. But, but you decided not to. I didn't use it. it. I'm not victim blaming It's I, my fault. I, I, was, I was asking informationally because I remember you getting a straw with another beverage that we'll talk about perhaps on another episode of yeah. Factory Seconds. But I was just wondering, maybe that didn't come out with a straw. I did it to myself. They gave me all the tools <laughs> necessary to not make a mess. You're basically asking for it. I made a choice. Adam, my favorite thing- I walked thing. around looking like that. I don't believe this. You're going to put that thing on and parade around like one of them? And of course, I'm asking for tea to be dumped in my in my lap and on my shirt. Adam, you do not need to blame yourself. This happens and it's, uh, it's terrible. But um, my favorite thing about watching this all go down, because <laughs> we were just, we just kept our conversation going. Yeah. And I thought to myself, is he going to notice that there's a bead of iced tea hanging off his chin or is he going to let it drop? And then I watched that bead of iced tea drop onto your pants. Yeah. Didn't get it in time. I was going to bring it up, but then I was like, what's the point? Let's check out the pants situation at this point. I'm looking around for the drop stain and I got to say, I'm not seeing it. You're wearing a light colored pant. And I feel like if that tea was going to stain it would have would you fashion yourself as a messy eater just in general like are you someone who spills and oh yeah i don't i think i'm pretty fastidious yeah you're a very type a guy yeah my wife instituted placemats because i make such a mess wow (laughs) yeah hence the expression as greedy as a pig i really just tear through stuff. I think this could be an ongoing storyline, the extent to which What did we get on ourselves? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And whose fault was it? I really dodged a T-bullet there. I think this was Cheesecake Factory's fault this time, Adam. All right. I don't think you need to walk around with any guilt. Hey, good looking out as far as the drop on my chin is concerned. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks for hipping me to that danger. The thing was, I was like, is he sweating? It's not that hot out. Oh, that must be from that ice tea situation. You sat me in the direct sun also. <laughs> you sat underneath a giant umbrella, and then I sit down in the in the noon 30 sun shining directly at my face. Yeah. And and just like really just threw away the, hey, do you want to like switch seats or whatever? I was wearing a baseball hat. I was offering sincerely to switch with you because I was under the umbrella. I question your sincerity coming from the same person who just watched a tea drip <laughs> off of my chin onto my clothes possibly ruining my clothes we were in media conversation i didn't want to i didn't want to break the stride of our conversation to potentially humiliate you further you and i have fought more on this episode than maybe we have in the last year of greatest generation episodes yeah this is uh this is interesting because it's like ben and adam are fighting again but it's not again because this is the first episode of factory seconds it's true factory seconds is one of those situations where from time to time in human society when situations like this arise, we have to engage the issues in this adversarial format right. where we burn all all of the bullshit away until we are left with a pure product, <laughs> the truth. No! <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's- It's a crucible. <laughs> when you really stop to consider it, 
That's what this show is about. That is what this show is about. Should we get to the main event, Adam? The main course that we ordered for this episode of Factory Seconds. You and I were both flipping through the menu until our thumbs were cramped. <laughs> a, a nicely laid out menu on a mobile device, I will say. Yeah, they did a good job. Nice tabulature on top. Well organized. No section seemed to have more than a couple of flips down until you were down to the bottom. Sometimes you'll go to a restaurant and everything is in one long menu page where you just flip, 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 flip. Yeah. That can be a forever. If you're lucky, they have links at the top that will take you down to the part of the page that you were looking for. Yeah. But if you then need to go back up, it's like scroll, 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 scroll. Yeah. Fuck ben, uh, you arrived first. And so I. I felt safe to <laughs> assume that you had a first meal to get. Like, I gave you the call. Yeah, I really appreciated that. I feel like I kind of betrayed the trust that you extended in the tea droplet incident. But um, you were also super late, so yeah, like, uh, he kind of deserves to get this tea on his shorts. Um, my wife, she grew up in the Valley. Her family loved the Cheesecake Factory. This was a, a, a place that they went frequently during her childhood. And she's also the kind of person where she is deeply loyal to specific dishes at specific restaurants. Like if she goes to a restaurant and has something that really knocks her socks off, every time she goes back to that restaurant, she will chase that dragon. That is a that is something that I see myself in. I you know what I know how much that sounded like I I meant to say I can see myself in your wife. And that's not how I meant it God at all. Damn it. I fucking hate this show. <laughs> um. But I'm like that too. Yeah. When I find something that I love, I will go back and get that thing that I love for risk of getting something I don't. And and much in the same way that like the pain of losing at gambling can be so much more acute than the high of winning. <laughs> like losing a gamble on an order at a restaurant where you know there is a sure thing right. is a specific kind of anxiety. Right. Why did I get this when I could have gotten that? Yeah. Yeah. If you're of the mindset, especially of like, I don't return food just because it yeah. isn't quite what I expected. I will say though, that when you gave me the preamble of there's a thing here that my wife gets every time, she says it's the favorite thing. Yeah. She says it's her favorite thing on the menu. She gets it every time. I did not expect the next words to be Chinese chicken salad. Chicken salad. I was shocked by this. <laughs> so this is chicken breast, rice noodles, lettuce, green onions, almonds, crisp wontons, bean sprouts, orange, and sesame seeds tossed in our special Chinese plum dressing. You had eaten quite a bit of this before you offered any to me. By the time I had received a portion, I did not believe there were any wontons, crispy or otherwise, on top. <laughs> this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> I had like one or two bites while we waited for the fucking share plates to come out. And then I put easily... <laughs> two thirds of the salad onto the share plate that I gave to you. You were very generous once the share plates arrived uh, about the portion I received up to and including, this is one of the things I wanted to really get into about the Cheesecake Factory is how much attention seems to be paid to not just the ingredient, but how the ingredient is fashioned yeah. before it is turned into the plate of food that you receive, because this is not just 
cabbage, fried wontons, and chicken. It is very specifically cut right. vegetables. Very specifically cut vegetables, very specifically cut chicken. We were marveling this piece of chicken yeah. breast that they'd cut up. was It was super thin, super evenly cooked. And really big pieces. Like it, 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 it seemed like seem they cut through a breast horizontally in on a, very a meat thin slicer way. or something. Yeah, and I don't know how they came up with that, but yeah. it was really fun. Like it almost makes the chicken like one of the lettuce-like textures in the salad. The other thing that's very impressive to me about this salad is that it comes out and it's a composed salad. It is mm-hmm. a big pile of stuff on a plate, but it's not tossed. It's like. There, yeah. there, you can you can see all the ingredients. They've clearly been layered on, but somehow it's all dressed. Like, yeah. and I don't really know how they're doing that because I, I looked at it initially and I was like, they forgot to put dressing or something because I don't see any dressing on this. You started in on the server, and then I it, was I I was flying off the <laughs> handle, and then you were like, Ben, chill, take a bite, chill, Winston. I mean, in describing it that way, Ben, I think the suggestion is that each individual part of it was separately dressed. Is that possible? Yeah. I think that must be how they do it. I think visually, this salad really pops off the plate. There's a verticality to it. I want to say it stands like six inches off the plate. Yeah. And that- Which is average, but like, you know, some people say that you need more than that to really have fun. And also, does it count if if like an inch and a half of that is wonton wrapper? Right. Well, it's, it I also depends on if you measure from the table or from the bottom of the plate right. itself. Yeah. Uh, it really is like you wouldn't consider a salad to be kind of a spectacular looking thing, but this actually did have a lot of curb appeal to it. There's a ton of color in it. There's yeah. like the crispy noodles are white and there's the sliced bean pods on top of that. Those bean pods merit special consideration because it seemed like they were cut with lasers. (laughs) It really does. Yeah, they're pea pods. It's like pea pods, which I don't know if if they're listed on the description in the menu, but what you're describing is that they're they're cut open not along the seam of the pod, but the other way, but so that the peas themselves are cut through in that same cutting motion. Right. So they're laid open. And And the peas stay in the pod. There are hemispheres of pea in each pod. How do they do it? I don't know. And dressed? Yeah. What? It seems impossible. It seems impossible. I would say that the one thing about this salad that I was not super psyched about when I saw it on the menu was plum dressing. This is a, I guess, a hoisin based Mm -hmm. dressing. And I've had Chinese chicken salad before, and I, I usually expect it to be kind of like a ginger mm-hmm. citrus, citrus feel right. as the dressing. So I was worried that it wasn't going to have enough acid in the bites to have a bright flavor to it. And I did not love this dressing, but I, I felt like it worked with this salad. Mm-hmm. I think the one preconception I brought to the idea of Chinese chicken salad <laughs> is mandarin orange yeah. segments and the ratio of those segments to the rest of the salad. Yeah. In the in the times that I've had Chinese chicken salad before, it can either hit or miss based on that ratio. Right. Sometimes you get one of these salads and it's half oranges and that's too much. It's too much orange. 
Other times you get like three segments in it and you're like, where the hell is the Mandarin? This is what I came here for. Yeah. Hey, there's like three oranges in this salad. How did you feel about the ratio? I could have used a little bit more maybe. Same. I think they're smart. That's probably one of the more expensive ingredients in the salad. And they're smart to kind of pepper them around the outside so that they're like one of the first thing your eye sees is is the mandarin orange wedges. If you're crafting the bite, it's easy enough to like fork a segment. Somebody forked up. Oh, fork, that's good. And then stab into the rest of the salad portion. Yeah, but if we're talking about like the volume of this salad, like the loose, unpacked volume of this salad, I think we're talking about a quart and a half in in terms of how much space it takes up. And We split this salad and you brought home leftovers to your wife. That's how much there was. There's so much fucking salad. And there is a ring of mandarin orange wedges and then the inner part has zero mandarin orange in it as far as i can tell and i don't know about you but given the ring of oranges around this dish i expected maybe a little pocket surprise of oranges in the middle that would have been great right yeah this could suggest a what you see is what you get kind of sensibility to this place though like is it given to surprise we don't have enough data points here to know for sure but that's something i'm going to be keeping my eye on in future episodes And really, like, getting back to the preamble to the entire show, one of the qualities about this restaurant that is prized is that it does not surprise, that it's reliable and predictable. It's not a curveball kind of place. It's not a, the chef is going to challenge you to try a thing or or think about food in a different way than you have. Much like dripping iced tea on myself, that's on me. I should know. (laughs) This place isn't trying to surprise. Why am I holding it to a higher standard? I don't know. Yeah, why aren't you? It's not fair. We need a rating system, Adam. We we need to rate. I think we should rate. I should rate the tiki, the tropical tiki punch. I think we should rate the bread, and I think we should rate the salad, and probably the iced tea. Should we do it by drips on the pants? <laughs> oh, uh, you're 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 talking about a custom rating system based on the visit every time so that every visit cannot be uh, compared to any other visit. I, I like that as a, as a methodology. Yeah. I like that too. Okay. So, uh, so but I, are we saying that drips on the pants are a good thing or a bad thing? Because you could, you could say that like a low drip score uh, is a good experience. So maybe this is my bias as a person who is a bit of a messy eater. If I've dripped a lot, it means like I was really like ravenously wolfing it down. I think I'm into that. I think going forward, we should always consider the higher, the whatever score to be in the positive. Okay. Okay. So out of five drips on the pants, I'm going to give the tropical tiki punch. I'm going to give it two and a half drips on the pants. It was out of, out of five. Okay. So I, Middle of the road. I was not um, expecting a lot of it. Uh, it was very fun to look at. It was fun to take sips of. But I would say that it's not It's not like a cocktail. I would say, like, you got to go try this. Mm. I was inclined to give my fresh brewed iced tea one drip. Yeah. The, the amount of drips that it gave me. <laughs> but in talking out whose responsibility it really was for the drip... I got to really look at myself in the mirror here mm-hmm. and and see who's actually responsible for that mistake. And it's me. <laughs> it's my fault. Adam, again, you don't need to blame yourself. That tea was so good. It was everything you want tea to be. Yeah. 
in that format. It was a giant glass of it. It was it was like bigger than a pint glass of iced tea. Oh yeah, easy. the the server emphatic about refilling it like a diner waitress filling up your coffee. That thing <laughs> never got below halfway on the glass before it received attention. Yeah, they were really good about it. It's the full five drips for me. Yeah, my pants were soaked from this iced tea. I think this iced tea is better than it needs to be. It's at the quality you would expect of like a independent restaurant that is actually known for having really fantastic food. It was delicious. Would get again, but can't. (laughs) I guess I get to get the two other iced teas on the menu and not this one. I mean, I'm curious to see how the tropical and how the green hold up. Yeah, and they have an Arnold Palmer on the menu, too, so maybe this isn't my last time. Yeah, baby. Dancing with that tea. Uh, All right, the bread. Mm -hmm. We had very different experiences with the bread. I think we should both rate it. Okay. I'm going to give it four drips on the pants. I thought, you know, this is one of the things that we walked in to my place after lunch. My wife was very excited to know how we liked the restaurant, a restaurant she has a lot of fondness for. Mm-hmm. And the two things she asked were, did you get the Chinese chicken salad and did you get the brown bread? And I thought that the brown bread uh, was great. I look forward to the next time they put it on the table. I know that we won't be able to rate it, but I may sneak a bite just for wow. the fact that it's there. Well, I will say from my end, if I arrive to lunch on time next time, I will try the bread again. But based on my experience this time around, utterly forgettable and took up room in my stomach that that I would rather use for other things. One drip. Wow. Bread. Brutal. One drip. I don't need it. It it had the quality of a hot dog bun that had a stale part. You know, how sometimes like this bun is amazing and then you get to one part of it that's not even a corner. It's like in the middle for some reason. How did this get here? It's a little hard. Yeah. That was the brown bread for me. Yeah. Mm, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. All right. Final thing we're rating. How did you like the Chinese chicken salad, Adam? You kind of built it up. I mean, you used your wife to build it up, I guess. She's built it up for me. My entire time dating and being married to her. I think I've got to knock it a full drip on the mandarin orange segments to rest of the salad ratio. Right. Great looking dish, great composed dish, really great tasting dish, four drips. Four drips, wow. I think I'm going to join you. I think I'm in the four drip neighborhood with this one as well. I thought uh, that it was really good. I think that nutritionally speaking, it is probably not a super healthy salad. It's It's... Largely based on iceberg lettuce. That's mm-hmm. like the volume of the salad is mostly taken up by iceberg lettuce. How many pieces, how many giant pieces of chicken were in that salad? Because I was given the giant piece of chicken and it made me wonder if that meant that in turn you, like if they're if they're measuring out the chicken or protein for the salad based on weight, did that mean that you didn't get much oh, of no. any? I got plenty. I would okay. say that we're talking about, an, like, if you picture, like, the big chicken breast that you can buy in a package from a mm-hmm. grocery store, I, I bet you get an entire one of those in this salad. That's pretty good. It's a pretty large amount of chicken overall. How much chicken is your wife getting? Did we eat all the chicken? No, there's chicken in the in the leftovers. There you go. So, yeah, she gets... Uh, Any mandarin orange segments for her? I think those might have all gotten gobbled up. Yeah. We, we kind of juked the ratio for ourselves a we little did. bit. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, I, I think that that is exactly the reason why it is not getting a full five drips on the pants. Yeah. Well, that's our first ever episode of Factory Seconds, Adam. I think we did a great job. I'm really excited for this podcast. I think this is going to be a big hit uh, for the bonus feed. I'm excited um, to finally do a show like where we can approach something intelligently, <laughs> academically even. <laughs> yeah. Something that's really in our wheelhouse. Mm, yeah, something we know a ton about, uh-huh. food service. Uh-huh. <laughs> really need to uh, thank supporters of The Greatest Generation and The Greatest Discovery again for making this show possible. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Maybe eventually one of these side projects will stick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe we'll just keep doing random things. Yeah. Uh, but we're trying to do this. I wouldn't mind that either. We're trying to keep these coming out on a regular clip. And that is our thanks to you, the supporters. And uh, honestly, like, uh, it is an amazing experience to get to make things for the people that love them every week. We, uh, we really, really feel lucky to have you out there as supporters. Your support made this show possible. Your support also paid the tab with a generous tip. So thanks for that. True indeed. All right. Well, uh, tune back to the bonus feed at some point in the future for another episode of Factory Seconds. Uh, check please. I'm talking about chicken a la king. Mango and garbanzo tabbouleh. Real potatoes and vegetables with roasted garlic and basil. Zucchini ziti. Granola fruit bar. Sure. Cucumber spinach soup. Spiced oatmeal with fruit and nuts. That's how we end the, uh, the show every time. That's way better than my ending, which was just like making the check hand signal. Oh, yeah, because that, it's an it's audio a, medium. Yeah. yeah that's that a- was a bad idea. <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.